my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you with knowledge so you're empowered to make better financial decisions in your life. So it's time for me, though, to hear how the advice I've given you didn't ring true, was wrong, or just plain dumb, in your opinion, because it's today's Clark Stinks segment. And it's something I really look forward to because it helps me grow as a person. And later, something else that absolutely stinks, pay in for. Buy now, pay later. Oh, this is blowing people's finances apart, particularly among people in their 20s and 30s. And I am really worried about it. But without further ado, it is time for Clark I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Clark, you reek of a porta potty at a construction site. Gross. You are not correct about why automobile key fobs need more protection. You said that the criminal pair intercepts and, quote, writes the code to a blank key fob. If true, criminals could steal the code at a traffic light or any other time you're using it in your car, then steal it later. In fact, one of them relays the signal with an amplifier from your key fob to the other criminal using the fake key fob held near your car. Once your car starts, the key fob only displays an error but unfortunately does not kill the engine. That makes this technique handy in parking lots and even if your car sits in your driveway. It's in this parked mode where the $10 Faraday sleeve adds the additional protection. It makes no sense to place the key fob in the protective sleeve while you're driving your car. Jim. Wow, that was technical. Yeah. So the sleeve is important when you're actually actively using the key fob, not otherwise. Just when it's not when you're driving. Right, right. So he's just saying, wait, let's see. Makes no sense to place the key fob in the protection sleeve while you're driving your car. So just when you're parking, when you're parked. I am with Clark on the 2% cashback credit card. So the Fidelity card is our go-to card. But with regard to his distaste of airline cards, we suck it up and pay the $250 annual fee for the Delta Amex Platinum card as we get a free companion ticket every year ignoring the $80 tax and fees. I feel like this more than covers the $250. Am I missing something? And don't worry, everyone stinks once in a while, Sherry. (laughs) Sherry, thank you. So Krista and I had this exact Mm -hmm. conversation about the Delta Sky Miles Platinum card. Right. And about the free ticket. And you have found the free ticket to be, as Sherry has said, useful, not useful? Uh, useful, but also the 15% off of using points is, can, the real is a really good deal right as well. Now. Plus you can get into the, the lounges. No, not with that card, with the reserve, you can get into the lounge. I think it's going to be six or 10 times a year starting in January, but the platinum Delta card does not get you into the lounges. So it really is for her that she covers the $250 annual fee with the free ticket plus junk fees on that free ticket. And supposedly I think you get upgraded quicker depending on your status than someone of the same status if you have that card. Okay. Have you seen the AT&T commercial where they make fun of the airlines with all their junk fees? No. Oh, this is really funny. It's a 
commercial, they're all sitting in crunch class and coach and somebody wants to order a sandwich and say, oh, no, no, you're not in uh, coach, blah, blah, blah. So you don't get a free sandwich. And then say, okay. And then the next person wants water and the flight attendant says, will that be cash or credit? You know, that, that, well, we don't get water. No, no, you're not in blah, blah, blah class. I mean, the airlines play so many difficult games Mm -hmm. that comedians must have a blast Oh, yeah. stuff about the airlines. There are funny bits. Uh, Clark, you stink more than a still soggy half-dried seaweed on the beach. A caller asked about going on a cruise solo and did not want to pay double since they were going alone. Yes, some cruise lines have extremely small inside single cabins for the solo traveler. I have sailed on 40 cruises over the years, many of those by myself. Not every cruise line charges double when you sail solo or in cruise lingo, they add a 100% single supplemental. Most cruise lines will have some cruises with the single supplemental being less than 100%. I've paid as little as 15% extra for a lovely balcony room, meaning if the cruise was $1,000 per person, I paid $1,150 instead of $2,000. These cruises tend to be in off-season months and may not be completely full. One of the major cruise retailers can search for these cruises with the lower single supplemental. I so appreciate you and your staff, what you do to help us save money and avoid getting ripped off. John. John, thank you. And let's name that it's okay. Vacations to Go. Vacations to Go. The number they, two they go. they do have a tool yeah. that allows you to search for deals on single supplement. Um, it, the irony of this is after we had that pod where I took that question, NCL that I talked about that has these micro cabins for single travelers has been so successful for them, they just announced they're expanding the number of cabins on their cruises that are for single travelers. When a woman asked about her dental office needing her driver's license, you didn't really have an answer. This is likely due to regulations in many states requiring a photo ID for any prescription of a narcotic. Dentists often prescribe narcotics like codeine for dental pain or after a painful procedure, and the office probably wants it on file in case she needs one. I'm a nurse, and we cannot prescribe narcotics to anyone without a valid photo ID. And then also it's necessary sometimes to prevent insurance fraud, which I think you actually mentioned when we had that. And this one's from Charlotte. Charlotte, thank you. I never thought about the controlled substances regulations and what doctors and dentists have to deal with with that. I'm only familiar with it, as you mentioned in passing, what I talked about before, that because of insurance fraud, when you go to a doctor's office, they always want front and back of your driver's license or other government ID. Clark's views on the thrift savings plan smell a little bit old and musty. Ever since the transition to the new record keepers last year, the TSP has been a giant headache. The customer no service representatives are not knowledgeable or helpful with even the simplest problems. Participants have experienced significant delays getting money from loans and distributions. There's even a class action lawsuit because the delays have caused participants financial harm. To add insult to injury, the TSP also increased the expense ratios on the funds. The TSP is no longer the shining example it once was, Matthew. Matthew, I I know I've been reading about this. Uh, one of the newspapers I read every day is the Washington Post. And they cover so much because so many of the workers in the Washington, D.C. area, I think 9% of federal workers in the country are in Washington, D.C., and I've been reading about this, and I just, I just scratched my head. How in the world 
did the feds take something that was working so well and mess it up? And hopefully the TSP will be fixed and be back to being the absolute best retirement plan in America, bar none. Something smells a little ripe on this one. After hearing you gush about annualcreditreport.com, I rushed over to the site hoping to get some insight on my scores. Well, little did I know, and little did you mention, that your credit report does not include a score, and I needlessly gave this site and all three credit bureaus even more personal information. I know you have experience with financial lingo, but some of your listeners may not know the difference between something like a credit report and a score. I think we'd all appreciate a little clarification next time. Isaac. Isaac, thank you. And if I neglected to say you only get a report once a week for free that does not include a score, that was a bad fail on my part. The good news is that credit scores are available to us routinely, wherever, for free with most any credit card we carry on their app or on their website. And so you're able to see an approximation, depending on what scoring model they use, of your credit score whenever you want. The annual credit report thing is about you being able to see your full official report from each of the three bureaus once a week for nothing, no score included. And we have all, we have tons of information about freezing your credit, getting your credit score, getting your credit report on Clark.com. Um, we've definitely covered that thoroughly. Hate the aftertaste odor that keeps on lasting. Must be a cheap deodorant knockoff, but really, I it's get- It's a warehouse club deodorant <laughs> I wear. <laughs> I get why you bash payment checks, but there are specific reasons why I need to keep using them. So please help me find better ways to be safe rather than the only alternative being to never use them again. Why didn't you suggest high security checks? Are they safe and are they worth the extra expense? I appreciate your show. Thank you, David. David, thank you. I guess it's been about three months since we had a question about the security checks. So if you are a Costco member or a Sam's Club member, you can buy security checks very, very inexpensively that in theory are much more difficult for a criminal, a criminal ring to wash the check and write in a new payee and new amounts. And I'm talking very inexpensive for these checks, like a fifth the cost of what they are from a bank and probably a fourth the cost of what they are from a credit union. This time around, Clark doesn't stink. The odious offender this time is Google. Krista mentioned Google Podcasts as an Android option. Like a lot of great Google products, Google is killing the app in favor of their lame YouTube music app. I've been using Podverse on Android. The app is also available on iOS and the web. It's podcasting 2.0, and this is open source. A lot of podcasters are dropping ads because one feature of podcasting 2.0 allows listeners to boost in support instead. Kevin. Kevin, thank you. Uh, you know, Google, it's always been a knock on Google that they're so scattered there in so many different ventures that they'll be like, yeah, we don't think that's working for us. Bam, it's done. And uh, no consistency with product offerings. Clark stinks because he mentioned that his watch was stolen at security in the airport, but he didn't tell us how this happened or how we can learn from his mistake so that we can protect ourselves, Lisa. All right, so Lisa, here's what happened. Picture it. Picture. So I put all my stuff on the belt. And I go through and the... And you're not in the United States. I'm in um, Milan, Italy and at Malpensa. And I go through and the thing, it goes, 
And so they then had me take my watch off. So I go back out. I put it in the bin with my suitcase, just loose. The other stuff I'd put into a pocket in my backpack, but it was already gone through. It had already gone through. So I put the watch there. And then when I come through the other side, and I and it was my watch that set off the thingy, and I get my suitcase, the watch isn't there anymore. It's gone. So somebody thought it was a really nice watch, I guess. Did you notice right away? Did you ask them to pull I, footage? What happened? First of all, I don't speak Italian. So I went to an airport employee who, who called the manager and explained in Italian what happened. She said, sorry, there's no watch there. Mm. <laughs> now, nobody had a chance to go look at anything. She just got the answer. There was no watch. But, you know, these things happen. And you know what did happen? Remember I told the story about how, Lisa, I told the story about how I bought the watch when I got back at Costco when it was not on sale, but I saved my receipt because in 30 days, if the price goes down, Costco gives you the money. Costco put the watch on sale. Two weeks after I bought it, I went back and got my $30 and a smile. Nice. Customer service. Clark, you stink worse than my sweaty running gear getting left in the washing machine during vacation and discovered once we returned. That's pretty gross. I've wow. heard you talk about your beloved Costco for years and years and years. <laughs> As I just did. Mm-hmm. Perfect segue. Perfect. So my wife and I finally got an executive membership with the 4% rewards. However, you brag about their prices and deals. We compared the store pricing of every single item we normally get at Sam's to the same product at Costco. Every single item except two. One, Cascade dish pods, but only because they had a $5 manufacturer rebate deducted. And two, generic Claritin D which had about half the cost of Sam's. Aside from those, I don't think there was an item we normally buy, which was cheaper than Costco. Why such love when Sam seems to win the savings war in almost everything? And P.S., we do like their top-tier gas a bit better, though it's not necessarily cheaper. That's from John. So, John, I could pull out right now and show you my Sam's Club card and my Costco card. I shop with both. Yesterday, I shopped at both stores. <laughs> One in person, Sam's, the other online, Costco. I believe in the Warehouse Club concept, and I do overwhelmingly my shopping at Sam's and Costco. And so I enjoy Costco's experience more. I like their merchandise mix more. The prices at both places, I can't argue with price at either because I shop at both. The shirt I'm wearing right now is from... Sam's Club. It's a member's mark, private label shirt. They wear great. They're very inexpensive. Well, thank you for submitting your Clark Stinks. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Coming up ahead, we're going to talk about something that I've disliked from the minute it came out. Close-minded I am, pay in four, and now it's blowing up on people. I'm going to tell you what you need to be aware of to protect your wallet. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Seems everywhere you go, every store you go to, every website you go to that sells stuff, they're all pushing, paying for, paying for, paying for. These buy now, pay later services are a disaster for you. They are terrible. And why is everybody pushing them? from buying an airline ticket to buying a blouse to buying whatever, they're all pushing them because they get people to spend money that they wouldn't spend otherwise. They get you to get in debt in ways you would not have otherwise. Pay and for is a trap. If you don't know what I'm talking about with pay and for, buy now, pay later, it's where you'll be offered the option at no cost to you usually to Take the payment you would have been making right then and there, buying whatever the website or buying in a physical store, and instead of paying it all right then, you pay it in four easy payments, typically over, could be a month, six weeks, at most two months. Again, no interest, right? Ha, that's the lure, that's the hook, that's to get you in. USA Today has reported recently that 40% of people now use pay in four and of the people using it one fourth have already missed a payment just in the last month in the last month one in four of people doing pay in four have paid late fees one in four this is a theme here more than one in four have devastated their credit score by doing pay in four and not being able to make the payments just a little less than one in four, now are on a first-name basis with debt collectors. Pay in four is great for the merchant, a disaster for you. Avoid the temptation. Avoid it at all costs because it will cost you. The thing with pay in four is not, is it going to cost you? It's only when. It's going to hurt your credit reputation hurt your wallet, get you into a thing with a debt collector, or get you to spend money you really can't afford to spend. I think enough said, because it's pretty clear that you're not going to hear me say, oh, I've got a great idea. Why don't you buy that paying for? Not going to happen. Okay, you ready? that's like the shortest pod i've ever done isn't it yeah, we call it a pod when clark t- does the summary that's info that's insider info okay <laughs> lisa in massachusetts wrote in and said i recently inherited my husband's substantial 401k after his death i'm really sorry, sorry you lost your husband i am 50 years old and plan to work for at least another 10 years i have my own roth 401k with my company and a rollover 401k with my husband's financial advisor and i put the financial advisor company there for you I would like to diversify a bit and put my husband's 401k with Vanguard or Fidelity. I have accounts with both. 
I want to put it in index funds. Would it make sense for me to do the Admiral shares with Vanguard or do I just put money in an age-based index fund? Will they automatically reinvest my growth? Since I turned 50, I'm also going to start contributing the extra max to my existing Roth 401k, which is with Vanguard. So again, I'm really sorry about the loss of your husband. Second, right now you're with what I put is the second worst place you could possibly be, a bank-based brokerage operation. Her husband's with 401k. With that old, yeah. that old 401k. Tends to have very high fees, very high costs, and they generally will not operate as a fiduciary. Going from that to Vanguard is like, that's like a complete sea change, as you know, already being a Vanguard customer. And this is quite a bit of money that you sadly inherited in this circumstance. I think going to Vanguard would be a really good idea because over the years, expenses are the real differentiator. You'll end up with much more money and much more financial security later in retirement, not being with this bank-based brokerage. But you could consider, and I think it would be worth talking with someone at Vanguard about being in uh, personal advisory services with them, where they look at your overall picture. You got money at Vanguard, you got money at Fidelity, you got money at this bank-based brokerage, and you got a fair amount of money here in a lot of different accounts. It may be a good idea for you to talk with one of these fiduciaries at Personal Advisor Services at Vanguard, see if that would work for you. If it's just the linear question, though, you ask about moving it, yes, it'd be very much to your advantage to move it. You could do very low-cost admirals funds doing the um, variety of index funds, or you could hit the easy button and do the target retirement fund based on when you think you're going to retire because it will stay in a sheltered account and that would be an appropriate option for you to consider either would be just fine and again best to you moving forward i hope that you're able to find the friends and joy in your life as you try to fill this void of having lost your husband and clearly lisa you're a great responsible saver I mean, no doubt everything right. No doubt. Mike in California says in 2024, I'm going to realize a longtime dream of mine and start a full remodel on my one story, three bedroom, two bath house. I'm a huge Costco fan. And I see that on the Costco website, you can receive vendor quotes for cabinets, countertops, flooring, et cetera. What are your thoughts on using these third party vendors affiliated with Costco? So we don't hear complaints this is the test I always look for in these vendor programs that Costco runs. We hear a lot of complaints, and I talked recently about how Elliott.org, the consumer advocacy nonprofit, hears endless complaints about the contractor services at Home Depot and Lowe's. Um, Costco, I don't know how they do it, but at least to this point in all these years, we're not hearing complaints about their contractor program. But I think it would be a good idea to get quotes and then see would it make sense for you to get comparison quotes from non-Costco vendors and see what it is you're being offered to have the truth serum. Not so much you can't necessarily know the quality of one versus the other, but you can know price one versus another. 
Brian in North Carolina says, hello, Clark. My family was on vacation and got gas at a gas pump and we got scammed. We know about the card readers when you insert the card, but this was a new one. They now can hack even using tap. It took four times for the tap to work. And I thought maybe it was a connection issue or something. We checked our bill. and We were charged for pizza, AT&T and a hotel plus the gas. Be aware. If available, you can pay by using some gas stations apps, I think. Also going inside, those are the only safe options left. There's a security expert we use on data security in my TV work. And I'm going to pose this question to him about this because, Brian, this is a new one on me. I have never heard about a hack of tap to pay. Tap to pay should have had a unique code generated each time, and I have no idea what the criminals may be doing. We may hear from somebody who's in data security after this to find out what is going on, but this is the first time ever we've had a complaint about tap to pay. Mark in California says, you mentioned that you travel by looking for the deals and you figure out why you're going. How do you decide where to go when there are so many deals? Do you default to the least expensive? Take into consideration variables like weather, political climate, etc. Also, what is your carry-on bag of choice? P.S. Like another listener reminded you, I too am looking forward to a time lapse of you researching your travel with 30 open browser windows. <laughs> it is crazy the way I do it. So um, what's that thing they talk about? People get easily distracted. Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> I, will, I will see a deal and I'm like, oh man. And I'll go in and say to my wife all excited, honey, there's this great deal. This happened recently. There's this incredible deal to South Africa. Can we go? And she said, yeah, when? I said, well, she said, you know, we're already doing this and we're doing that. And we got holiday stuff and all that. And she just squashed my enthusiasm like a bug. But anyway, it's something I just get really excited about. And how do I decide if it's a place that just sounds really exciting to me and it's a great deal? Boom, my book and I go. You know, there are people who talk about how I'm a cure for insomnia listening to the podcast and they fall asleep. I think if people watched me do research for deals, that people might also fall asleep. No, no. A lot of it, though, is pretty dull and it's... That's why it's a time lapse. Yeah. It'll be fun. We'll do it. We'll see how it goes. All right. Well, I appreciate... All the wonderful questions and earlier, all the Clark stinks. How many times did Costco come up today? Oh, I never answered the question. What suitcase I use? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a Sam's Club Members Mark suitcase. (laughs) It is fantastic. I have two versions. Like uh, I'm going on a trip right after we finish the podcast and I'm using the smaller one. And so it has an outside compartment for my laptop and my noise cancel headphones and then inside the clothes. And then I have the one for longer trips where I also carry a backpack that is the other members mark version. And they are just very durable, really, really great suitcases. And they seem to be, now you see them, now you don't, uh, most often sold only at samsclub.com. So now I know people are going to think, do you have Bose noise canceling headphones? No, I have, uh, my son, who's the electronics expert, had me get last 
Black Friday season last year during November. I got a great deal on these Sonys, although I can't even tell you, Sony has no marketing people because the names of their stuff is like W blah, 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 it's a bunch of letters and numbers. They are incredible. I was a Bose noise cancel, but these are better, in my opinion, than the Bose. And they're more comfortable to wear. And cheaper, probably. I'm sure you got a deal. I just charged them up last night for today's trip. Nice. So I want to tell you how much I do, as I said, appreciate your questions. Your beefs with me are really helpful to me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review. And if you don't like what you're hearing from me about something, go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks. How else am I going to learn? It's absolutely great that you give me that opportunity and you bring new perspectives to the table. And it makes you a member of Team Clark. Have a great weekend.